from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. All my fantasy children, my name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is a podcast where we just take a listener prompt from Twitter or Gmail or what have you, and we roll it into a tabletop character. Yes. Uh, specifically, what we do is we take it and we, uh, we spin it. We put it on a little pole and we spin it like a plate. We spin about five prompts a week. We just spin them all. And then whichever the last one to fall over and shatter is... We take that one and we make it a character. The other ones are just gone. They're lost. We don't have them anymore. We could go back into our Twitter and find them, maybe, but maybe. there's no guarantee that they'd be there. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, And while Jeff is spinning plates, I'm putting my characters through a pole <laughs> fitness class. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to say that you're not spinning a plate right now and that you're you're doing a pole fitness routine. Yeah, it's, um, I'm getting this, it's, yeah, physical. I mentioned this because I just binged the fuck out of Yuri on Ice, and I kind of right. wanted to, I wanted to bring a pole fitness routine into <laughs> an episode. All right, yeah, all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's okay. We were it's, born it, to make history, so yeah, let's do it. Oh, shit. This is, okay, so this is the moment of truth where we take <laughs> every, one of our characters, they get up on a pole at an after party. And they work it like you would not believe, and then they ask a living legend to be their trainer while intoxicated. Yes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to, you know, I'll give you my Crunchyroll login, and you can- Whoa, 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 that's, that's a, Aaron, that's illegal. Oh, I mean, I will kindly recommend that you go to Crunchyroll, a, a popular website for consuming Japanese-created media- and you give them your hard-earned currency, and you create an account, and then you watch Yuri on Ice. Just binge it. It's it's like it's, a whole, it's one season. You just binge it in a weekend, and then you like have a lot of feelings for figure yeah. skater boys. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's the best. It's real Which, good. I will say, yes, we fucking have a prompt this week, and our intro was actually fucking related. It did. We pulled it off. We did it. Yes. Our prompt this week comes to us from Dog With Glasses or Oitnilly on Twitter. And the prompt is, prompt, one of the star athletes of a premier team in fantasy's most popular fantasy sport, parentheses, other than pro wrestling. Other than pro wrestling. So we got a sport. Sports other than pro wrestling. <laughs> Does such a thing exist, Jeff? Because I, I at one point in my life was a sport. I, I did sport quite a bit. It was not the dark period that like movies would make someone believe. It was a, it was a pretty glorious existence only because I enjoy like camaraderie and I was like the sure. weird kid on the team. Well, and I, and I remember, I remember you were really good at it and then you got pulled away from your sports career to go save the world. And you teamed what? up with, and then, but then the three girls that you were on your team with, they went off and had their own side adventure. It was a whole magical thing. So we're talking about Blitzball, right? Oh, shit. No, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We can't. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. We can't turn this into some kind of Final Fantasy podcast because, God. 
What I was thinking was my but with always. I'm literally looking at a <laughs> Titus miniature that's on my desk. It literally lives above my microphone. But <laughs> so what I'm thinking is my actual quest in being a sport was in high school. I, I played a fuck ton of baseball from like nine to I think six seventeen. So when I was sixteen, I did a musical for the first time. And then when I was 17, I did a second musical and they made me quit. Baseball like made me choose and I quit baseball. So like the story of high school musical. Right. So what I'm thinking of is this athlete is pulled away from their sport to save the fucking world, like you said. All right. Yeah. So let's let's roll on a pronoun real quick. Okay. All right. Shazam. So they are a sport. All right. Yeah. Right. They're They're an athlete. What? I think we should – let's talk about this person and then I think that will inform us of what the sport is. Because the sport is kind of like an afterthought in this case because, yeah, I don't want to focus on like – we can create a sport like in passing because fuck it. I'm not not a sports writer. Uh, It's Blitzball. I mean I'm not going to – I'm not dropping this. Okay. It's Blitzball with a Y. It's like Blitzball. Yeah, it's Blitzball with a Y. And okay. So no, let's talk about Blitzball then. Let's fucking talk about Let's it. Let's talk because about Blitzball because I actually never played Final Fantasy X, so I have no reference for oh, it beyond okay. people Perfect. complaining about Blitzball. That's okay because if you complained about Blitzball, I'm sorry, but you're r- 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 wrong because okay. it's awesome. So here's what we're going to do. We can come up with a different name, but I'm going to describe to you what I think Blitzball is. Yeah, and then we'll riff on that. And then we'll, that'll be the sport. It's just what based on strictly like the two screenshots – that I saw of in PlayStation Game Monthly, oh, a Blitzball, wow. and people saying that it was a frustrating minigame. I'm going to describe to you what Blitzball is. Hit me. I think it is some sort of underwater kicking sport. I think it is like you kick a ball, and it goes underwater, and you have to hit a target, but you're underwater, but you can breathe underwater. Okay, that's some shit. I don't know. Don't tell me how close I am. Okay, I won't. Um, but I will say in the Final Fantasy lore, they do hold their breaths. So okay. I so I want to take that part where you think it's it's under. Uh, let's just take little bits because yeah. it's really easy. so it's under. This is an underwater sport or an aquatic sport. So right. it's underwater, and I I like the idea that it's an underwater sport where you have to hit targets. Is it some sort of underwater obstacle course? Where you have to like, like, you know, like things pop up and you have to like shoot them with a harpoon or like, you know, is it like, uh, like racing where you have to like the rabbit goes around the track and you have to grab it or like you run around a track or swim around a track and hit targets as they go around or is this on the surface of the water, Jeff? And I'm thinking like a wipeout situation where it's like the risk is falling into the water slash lava. I think I've got it. Okay. You have a, 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 like a paddle or an oar, and there's a little, like, um, like an orb that you hit with the paddle or orb underwater, and you have to get it through a hoop that is suspended in the, in, in the water. You have to bounce this ball off of obstacles throughout, and the, the, the oar, the, the, the rings are placed different lengths away. You, you do it multiple times in a game. Yeah. You hit the orb, 
It bounces off of various things. There are obstacles in your way. Sometimes they are themed. Sometimes they're just obstacles. And the goal is to get the orb into the ring in as few strikes as possible while avoiding obstacles like windmills and hands and various aquatic creatures. I'm su- I fucking love that. Even though I will say before somebody fucking says it on the Discord or something, I know it sounds a little like quidditch uh at that that part is intent is not intentional i know that's why i had because to say it's it putt putt golf oh! aaron i think the sport is putt putt golf Jeff, i was thinking like you hit it in the air because i'm a dumb shit no you're underwater you the, oh. ball, the ball is in front of you and you hit it kind of, it's almost like t-ball in that you yeah. hit it and like the ball like flies through the flies through like the water because you're underwater oh. My fucking god! So this the sport is, a spe- is just underwater putt putt golf. But this is a spectator sport, like you know the crowd. This is the this is the premier sport in fantasy. Like people come to see it. How do they watch it? Underwater cameras, or is it like Blitzball, which is in a suspended sphere? Like Blitzball, the game itself is in a. They make a sphere out of water that's like suspended basically in the air and players go into the sphere of water and play like basically soccer handball. So is this suspended or is it truly underwater and it's just like people watch on like monitors? I ha- Okay, then it, I, I can take it a little step further then, Jeff. All right. An arena for this is like, you know, when you go to SeaWorld and you can like you're kind of underneath the fish tank and you can look up into like Shamu's tank. Yeah, right. I think it's like an aquarium scenario. Yeah, okay. Where yeah. It's like and a you floor to ceiling tank. glass and everybody surrounds the tank and people play and like you the the good seats are the ones near like the most challenging or is it dangerous? No, right? It's just like putt putt golf. I don't think it's I don't think it's dangerous. Okay, good. I, I I agree. I was trying to think of where uh what one pays for good seats for because it's an arena seating now. And if you sit up close, you're just like pressed against a tank. You can only see one part. Are the best seats above it and you look down? Yes. The best seats are in a like a floating platform. It, it's like a glass bottom boat. Ooh. The best seat is in a glass bottom boat above it. And you walk down, you see the whole thing and all of the uh like the uh the putt putt balls and the it's called glub glub because it's water themed. Uh, the glub glub balls are all like light up and and <laughs> and illuminescent, so you can see where everyone is, and they're all color coded, so you can see all of the different people. That's really good. So it's basically like watching if you've ever played like the f- a flash game of mini golf or pool or something. Yeah, you're just watching that grid view of like here's all of the positions of the billiard balls, and now you're going to be able to like track lines. Maybe there's like uh, John Madden style graphics on the bottom of the glass bottom boats. Oh, of course, there are there are uh, commentators because we're, let's because sports meh let's let's compare this to like anime sports or indeed pro wrestling where the announcer is like super over dramatic and is like screaming like if the person hits in glub glub like hits a hole in one there's someone like JR in wrestling who is losing his fucking mind i mean that's in sports too like that's really one of the great like, like it's yeah but i mean the exaggeration aspect is what makes it so hilarious to me in wrestling where like someone gets hit through the table and JR's like he's dead he killed him the undertaker has killed a man he's going to jail 
<laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the commentary team is just real into it. Yes. But yeah. there's also, but there's also one real, like, quiet, focused commentator that's just, like, relaying the action of, like, well, uh, it was a side bank shot, par three in this ring. This is amazing. So we have Glub Glub, the, the sport of champions. This is the new sport sweeping the world. Uh, and we have this star athlete of a, okay, so it's a team sport. We have it, it the prompt says. So I think it's based on, Okay, no, let's, we can make this whatever we want. So I have an idea for how to make this a team sport. All right. So in the, in the, it's a golf, it's a, it's a glub glub team, right? Yeah. I want to say that the course is enormous. Like the each one is like uh, a par five, like in golf. Like it's huge. Right. Each, it's, it's not a short, like what we'd think of a traditional putt putt. It's very big. So I think there's the positions are like, like initial impact guy. Uh, is the one who like hits it first, and then there's someone who like is a finisher. You know what I mean? Like they they hit the ball first, and they try to get it as far as they can, and then the second person takes over and tries to finish it by getting into the hole or the post or goal or whatever. So each team is a team of two. All right, yeah, I like that. I like the bond between the bond between two players. It's the strongest bond of all. So this is the star athlete in a premier team. So I'm saying that this person, this uh, what culture are they? You want to hmm. roll or? Yeah, give me a roll. I'm going to roll a D8. All right. They are a halfling. Okay. I like this because uh short in stature, um but like but like tough. Because this is an this is an athlete who can hold their breath for like an incredible amount of time. Okay, so positions. This is a finisher. This is the we'll call it the striker. This is the person who like knocks it into the hole, right? Yeah. So they are the Well, star- I think the striker's the person that just hits it really far. This is the uh hmm. What's a good term for, what's a good term for, like, a targeted, precise thing? Ace? Just to do it, like, volleyball? Yeah, this is the ace. This is the ace. So, this, let's name the halfling. Their name is... Their name is... Gotta be a real sport. Slash watercrest. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna ask you, watercrest or watercress like the vegetable? Watercress like the vegetable, because halflings uh, are named after plants. Slash slash watercress okay slash watercress so slash watercress i think was i think is someone who this is this is something that they've been doing their entire life this is like all they've known is nothing but glub glub you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think this uh i think the the, what we're what we watch like what we're talking about professional glub glub because i think there's amateur and you play in like a swimming pool and then like the olympics what we think of as like the olympics is you go in the fucking ocean and the Mm -hmm. course is like enormous yeah so slash watercress and their partner in crime right his name is uh she's i got i got I think I got it. Oh, God. Hit me, please. Burn barley wine. Burn barley wine? Burn barley wine. So their names are fucking Slash and Burn. Slash and Burn. Chef. Chef. (laughs) So we can assume that uh, Burn barley wine is also, he's a halfling as well. Yeah. So Slash and Burn are like, is this like Team Pirithra Guild? Or is it is it the I Olympics? Think I think it's independent it... teams. I think everybody's in it for themselves. Okay, so it's just like you you bring your best and you qualify. Like you know they yeah. have a tournament and you just like sign up. 
Well, yeah, because I think like thinking like going back to the Yuri on Ice reference in the beginning, I think it's it's less like representing a country and more like this is my brand. Okay, so it is a lot more like okay, so I'm gonna think of it as the qualifying tournaments early on. You just sign up, and yeah. then if you win that, you're qualified as like a pro, and then you start entering pro tournaments that are in the ocean. Yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. So slash and burn are now in the pro circuit doing and this is uh slash is a premier athlete yes they're killing it they're like they're killing just, it they're okay so i want to say that what makes uh i want to ask what makes slash so good at glub glub is it just all skill is it magic ability is it something supernatural or are they just they have a natural affinity for glub glub pure skill it is it is they are the the most the most precise ace that has ever been in the sport damn they just have an eye for like targeting and positioning and like geometry and all of those things they just like i think i think when we see them hit the hit hit the orb through the ring it's like slow motion and we're getting like the sherlock effect where you're seeing figures and numbers lining up and then it's just one shot with the with the ore and it's just okay that's fucking cool because I'm going to ask you now what what because we set this up because we we have a shorter show what what is the turning point because you said we wanted to be a situation where they have to use this skill where slash and burn pretty much have to become heroes professional assassin that was really fucking quick because I because once I had already, <laughs> I had already started thinking about the skill and then that like I kind of just worked backwards I was like. So they're an ace, they're a targeting, okay, so they're an assassin, so, like, why would they be a good assassin? Okay, and then the rest of it fell into place. To peel back the curtain a little bit. I Okay, I really am into this. So we have a scenario where two halfling glub uh, glub players, slash and burn, has to become a has to become assassins. That means they have to kill someone. Yes. What the fuck? What happened? Like, who? And why? Or is it... Like, is are they approached for their skills? Or do they to have an assassin? That means that someone someone has to be stopped. Someone has to be someone is exchanging goods and services for killing. Yes. And slash and burn. Slash is like I'm down. I can use my targeting ability to kick or hit this ball with a paddle into someone's temple and kill them. Like that's some shit. So who needs to be stopped? You're not you're not saying the man himself, are you? No, no, I was actually trying <laughs> okay, to avoid good. I was trying to avoid any of the usual suspects. I know, I know. So, welcome everyone to all my fantasy children where Jeff and I sometimes talk and we say things and then we have to justify it <laughs> and that means like, oh my god, going down a whole different road and it's really hard. So, when there is an assassin, it yeah. means that there is there are people who have to be assassinated. Right. And that means they're either doing wrong or is this a that means okay, so let's say they're a good assassin. Like they are Yeah, a, right, sure. It is a, a a fate of the world rests in your hands situation. They don't want to be assassins, but the fate of the world is in their hands. Okay, and something I want to make it something that someone they would care about. So I think slash slash another anime reference like just feels at home in the water. Slash and when in the water is like free, and I underline that, but italicis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just the place that brings, cause I remember, uh, being in like, you know, there's something about when you do play a sport and you genuinely love the sport and it's not about like glory and stuff. There is something magical about like being on the grass or being in the pool 
uh, like the smell of it and just like the idea of camaraderie and teamwork and you're playing with your friends. There is something magical about that, that when it stops, it kind of sucks and you miss it. So I think something is threatening the sport of Glub Glub, and I think it's someone doing something to the ocean. Oh, I actually, I love that, but I I think I have another direction for it. Hit me. I think there is some sort of, no, actually, I think it works with doing something to the ocean. I would like there to be some sort of organized crime element. There is always some sort of organized crime element, which I like. Because I wanted to like, because I wanted to tie into the sport, the villain, so we can always actually, come back to like the sport of Glub Glub. I, I think I have, uh, I have something. Okay. Um, it, it's, very, it's, a, it's a big pitch. Okay, I'm, so, I'm down. I'm going to knock it out of the park. Roll roll with me here. Okay. So Slash and Burn are really good, are really good at Glub Glub. They're the number one players in the world. Right, they have aced the pro tournaments. Yes. Uh, they are approached by an organization that reveals to them that Glub Glub is actually a training ground for the world's deadliest assassins. Oh! But then, then they, being good people... They being kind and but kind and caring and not wanting to hurt people, only wanting to do this sport for the love of the game, now must turn against the ancient order of sniper aces. Okay. That is quite a pitch, and I'm super into it. So now what? Because we so now we know it's an okay, so Glub Glub is an ancient fucking order. Yes, okay, I, I wanna say this. That um in let's say in fantasy there are like uh sports and games of like a civilization from a time ago that like no one can really pin down the origin of them but like there's courts and there are you know uh, things for playing these sports that are just like left over from antiquity all right yeah that's cool so this is like you know they they are they have revived this is a sport that's been played for millennia no one knows who first started it but it is revealed to slash and burn at the end. I think the pro tournament is one. They are the number one players in the world. Yeah, right. And absolutely. that's when it's revealed to them that like, and you've been trained to be a top sniper, basically, you know, right. and, and your friend, uh, burn is, you know, like basically the spotter of the sniper. Yeah, right. The two of you together will be the deadliest assassin in history because you are better at Glub Glub than any of the assassins that have come prior. And you know how good those other assassins are? You oh, don't because you've never heard of them. Ooh. So, okay. So what I am asking you then is the Order of Assassins, like this whole, you know, like Knights Templar of fucking Glub Glub, which, yes, if you're listening to the show, this is actually happening, people. Um, <laughs> has, is, was this the original intent of the sport or has it been mutated into that? Like, has someone taken the beautiful sport of Glub Glub and turned it into a sniper training school? And what, uh, what Slash and Burn want to do now is restore Glub Glub to what it should be, which is a beautiful pastime where two people team up and, you know, express their feelings and really discover who they are by training their bodies into fine-tuned, beautiful art instruments and smacking a ball through a hole. I specifically love that it has been changed into some sort of uh, assassin training ground because that's because that gives them something to fight, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's totally that fucking that sports anime shit where it's like, no, this is not what the sport is. The sport is beautiful, and it's it's it it means so much to so many people that it can't be about sniping and murder. It's about 
to people like teaming up to create beautiful because I think it's a really aerial sport. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's really gymnastic in that way, if that's the right word usage. Like it's sure. it's two people in physical harmony hitting a ball through a hoop. Like it's there's there's a great deal of dance in it. Yes. And I think that and it's, you know, it's about people making their bodies into, you know, not weapons, but like into the most physically fit, beautiful, flexible. It's, it's artistic. There's to, to the players, it's artistic and beautiful. And finding out that this, their entire life has been a thing that someone has been warping this game into a tool for weaponry, that would piss me the fuck off. So I think Slash and Burn now are like, fuck you, uh, Knights of the... The Striker Aces. So it's like, what is, what is it called? The Striker Aces, because you have the Striker and the Ace. And that's what the that's what the evil organization is called? Yes, because they were an elite collection of Glum Glum players Ooh. that started using their skills for ill, and then they, 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 they warped the sport into their training ground for future generations. The Striker Aces. Okay. Okay, that's fucking sick. And now, so we have our we have our Save the World quest, and I want to talk a lot about the two of them. I want to talk about Slash and Burn now. Sure. So let's talk about uh, who they are. So they're a halfling, uh, glub glub player. Was it? Do you want to take something from like uh, Yuri on Ice, where it's like they went to a grew up in like just training? You know what I mean? Like from yeah. age six to like they're twenty one. Yeah, they've basically spent their entire life doing. This is all they know. Yeah, and that's why it's it's so important to them that it has such a positive impact on future glub glub players because I think that Slash had a really positive experience growing up playing this and wants that to be the legacy of glub glub not a murder training facility right yeah where is burn what about burn is burn like the person oh i have it slash and burn childhood friends uh burn was never as good as slash idolized slash as being like wow you're like a child prodigy you know then they go to like high school age and is still just like number 1 youth player in the world and burn is always trying to catch up because it's their dream to one day be on the world stage with slash as their striker yeah i think that's fantastic i think that's 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 yeah that's rev rules the thing is that burn doesn't know that the reason why slash has been so successful is because burn has been at their side this whole time Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it, it comes to that head where there's that moment at the world stage where it's like, we've been invited to play in the pro tournament. We're like, to be number one, we have to play against who cares team. And burn is like slash, if you want to find a new striker, like, that's totally okay. I know I've only been like, you've been carrying me basically to through every tournament, every victory we've had and slash puts their hand on burns face and is like the only reason I've been ranked number one is because I've had you at my side as my support. Yeah, that's, that's super good. And then they kiss because, yeah, it's an anime. Oh, fuck yeah. It's I will, I will not make any pretenses that this is not a romantic relationship. It, yeah. it, I think that's when – does that is that when it blossoms into one? Oh, absolutely. That's the moment that they both realize that they've had feelings for each other for a long time. I think it's not an idea of like, hmm, like hiding their feelings. I think it's just when you have a life that's dedicated to like an arts – or a sport, it's honestly just hard to find like time for personal relationships. It, it's always been at the back of their mind, but sports are always number one. Yeah, yeah. This is the moment when they realize that there's something more. 
And that's when I think that it becomes like their, their true ability. That's why they become number one player in the world. Yeah, for sure. Because they're, they've learned a level of, they're, they're now so hyper in tune with each other that their coordinated strikes become like a work of art. And that's why they're recruited by the Assassin's Guild because it's like, you are the best players in history. You're the way you, you two move through the water. It's, there's a connection there that's never been found before. It's just mm-hmm. the most beautiful form of expression. And they yeah, just like right. kind of wink at each other like, yeah, I know why. Yep. 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 Damn. I want to double back on something because I've been thinking, I've been thinking very intently about something and I, I, I find, I feel like I've got an answer. I want to talk about the, the person responsible for the uh, formation of the striker aces. Okay. Uh, I'm going to walk you, I'm going to walk you through this. Imagine you believed in violence. If you were someone that truly believed that violence was the best answer, you spend your, you spend your, the bulk of your life surrounding yourself with the the finest of violence only to have it all slip from your fingers okay you you try to form a new life you try to find something peaceful you try to take in the arts you're like well maybe maybe there's something there maybe there's something beyond it falls through your fingers you discover that you're not as needed in in the world of arts in the world of music and dance as you thought suddenly you realize perhaps my two loves are one you surround yourself with the finest of these these dancing athletes of the world has to offer, and you train, you show them that their skills are in violence. They just don't see it. They need someone to show them. They need someone to train them. Stop it. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Jeff Stormer, what you just proposed, that is now we are locking it in, that Mr. Jeans <laughs> is the fucking evil mastermind. <laughs> Behind the the fucking striker aces. You wait. Can we laugh at this for a second? Mr. (laughs) Jeans knows nothing but violence. (laughs) The entire second season of this anime, right? Yeah, because that's what we're pitching. Slash and burn, like, pulling off heists and doing operations, and they're battling other teams in these incredible environments, and they finally get to the end. They kick open the door of this, like, ancient ornate door in this underground manner, and they're like, are we ready for this? I think we're ready for this. They kick open the door, and there's a mushroom man that looks like Danny DeVito sitting on the other side, like, I knew you'd come. Holy shit. (laughs) What? What has happened? This is the most pro wrestling shit ever. So what you're saying is fucking Vince McMahon is pretty much Mr. Jeans. Is what yeah. is what you're telling me. And uh Slash and Burn have to now what kill him? Can you kill Mr. Jeans? I don't know. I want I want to pitch that they don't use the two of them don't use violence to solve this problem. How do they use? Well, no, they have to though, right? I think they use maybe violence, but not lethal violence. Like they use ways to like stop their opponents, but not kill them, right? Like they reject their assassins' training, but they still acknowledge the fact that like our skills allow us to like like hit like a metal bullet, essentially like a sling bullet, yeah, and like knock out our opponents. So yes. we get these beautiful displays, and then they and then finally like slash fires off the sling bullet and it like hits somebody upside the head and they go unconscious and you get a big cartoony like and they go down (laughs) okay and they always have the choice right yeah they always have the choice of killing and there's always a moment where where they're like 
I could end this. I could end this and make sure you never hurt anyone else. But oh. it's not the sport that I love. Ooh, I got it. I, I got the dynamic too. Uh, Slash is the ace. Slash is the hothead. And uh, Burn is like the nervous cliche, like the nervous mm, doc yeah, character. Right. So Slash is like like seething with anger, and they're like standing over, uh, you know, this assassin, and they're like, "I could do it, Burn. I could end it." And then the hand gets dropped on Slash's shoulder, and Burn is like, "No, Slash. Like it's okay. Come back. It's come not, back. It's not the. It's not how we do things." And then then they take him out, piece like. Nonviolently. This is a really, this is a tough thing because this person, like Mr. Jeans basically is ruining the sport that they both love dearly. That like their, their whole life is owed to this sport. That's when like when you hear pro athletes talk about sports and like look, and when they look back when they're retired, it's like my entire life was this game and it means so much to me. All of my, all of my life and all my relationships are linked to this sport. So what they're fighting for is like pretty fucking noble because like their love, their who they are as people has been ruined because Jay, like not I almost said Danny DeVito because <laughs> fucking Mr. Jeans has uh taken this like ancient sport that has like these mysterious fucking origins and it's like this artistic expression of you know two physical bodies and has taken it into like some kind of fucking horrible shit show. And so I'd be pretty pissed, too. I would be as well. And I I think – I don't think Mr. Jeans is doing it maliciously. It's Mr. Jeans is just looking out for Mr. Jeans. He saw an opportunity. He saw a business opportunity and he took it. It's not personal. No, it's it's just some people just aren't sports fans, you know. There's always the <laughs> there's always the owner of the franchise that's like, oh, I don't give a fuck about the teams. I'm just trying to make that book. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who are like, no, this it means a lot to it's a lot of an art. It's an art form in itself, and we're going to defend that art form by killing this mushroom man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's okay. So I definitely want to roll on a table. Yeah. For do you want you don't want around two sets of tables or just two sets of tables? Yeah, fuck it. I want to know well, about see. slash and burn really bad. Okay. I think I've got backgrounds for both of them. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go with, uh, a gladiator background for Slash. I'm into that. I like that a lot. They're hot-headed, they're a, they're, they're a warrior, they've got a warrior's heart. And it, it honestly is, uh, it's, it's pretty accurate when you're like a spectator sport like that, and just the circumstances that we've created, I think gladiators really appropriate, where this is, yeah. gladiators back then were the star fucking athletes of Rome. They had like olive oil fucking sponsorships. Right. And then for Burn, we're gonna, and I'm gonna go Squire for Burn, because Burn, Burn is the, is spent his entire life, like, looking up, looking up to and helping Slash. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I, those are good. I do want to say that it's definitely not a sense of like Squire where it's like, you're not as good as Slash. They're they're equals. Yes. I'm honestly thinking of it as like that, like, uh, in terms of their relationship, it's like Squire to Gladiator. Yeah. But they are definitely like equals in every oh, way. Just yes. I think I think if you were to ask Burn, he would say, "Oh, I'm definitely like supporting Slash." Yeah. And then if you asked Slash, they'd say, "Oh, I would be nothing without Burn." Yeah, exactly. I love it. I, I think All it's right. amazing. Let's do Slash. Roll me a D8 for personality trait. Got it. D8 go. Eight. I actually haven't been hit in years. Ooh. Okay. So I I think their entire journey, no one can, no one, like, that's how good Slash is. No one can touch him. And when it does happen, that's the thing, because in in the sports cliche, like the person who's undefeated, when they do lose the game, it's like devastating. So I think they've never been hit. 
I think mm-hmm. in this sport case, it's like they've never been beaten. Yeah, they've they've haven't lost a game. And I think there is that moment where like Mr. Jeans brings the robot into you know what I mean. They have yeah. to play against robots and they lose. And Slash like can't handle it. You know what I mean? And it's up to yeah. Burn. I, oh, okay, I got it. I got it. They've never been scored on. The, their their team has never been scored on before. And finally, the robot Mr. Jeans creates scores on them, and they don't know what to do. And that's when Burn has to be like, we just have to change our play style slash. Like it's it's things are going mm-hmm. to be different from now on. We we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. We have to try something new. And that's when they unlock like a new ability or a new technique. Oh, and I, I bet I bet it's that like Burn has to take the lead role, like the active Ooh, role. They have to switch positions. They switch positions, Jeff. It's it's Burn has to then become the ace. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's real good. All right, roll me a d6 for an ideal. Okay. Okay, so I rolled a two. Power. I want to become the hero I pretend to be. Ooh, I dig that. Uh, I think Slash definitely doubts themselves, like, deep down. Oh, absolutely. And has puts on the front of, like, I can score. I'm, like, the I'm the top scorer in the world. Like, I, of course, I can handle any challenge. But deep down knows that, like, every, every game has been won, like... By a fucking nose. Like it makes, yeah. okay, it's that whole, it's the whole sports or acting or art or drawing or anything where it's when people make it look easy, people think it is easy for them. Yeah. So everyone thinks that this is just natural ability, but they don't see like the hundreds of hours put in in like a week, <laughs> if that makes any mm-hmm. sense, of yeah. like slash training and training and they're just testing their bodies and they're pushing themselves to the limit and it's like emotionally exhausting that there's a there's totally a psychological element to this where like there's a level of fragility with someone who is the best in the world yeah and i love that roll me a d6 for a bond four i am loyal to my friends as long as i respect them hmm i think there's a moment where uh burn it's that moment where burn says I'm nothing, like, I'm nothing, I'm just supporting you, go find someone else, and they say, they say to Burn, no, of course not, I, you're, you're my everything, and that's when they fall in love, right? Like, that's the moment. Oh, because- I can see the scene, I can see the scene, Jeff. It's like, you know, uh, in sports anime, there's always that, like, hallway where shit goes down. Yeah. Uh, like, underground, the, under the arena, near on ice, and, uh, Burn is like, I can't do this. Like, I, I can't compete. Like, the, look at these people. They're, they're amazing. And then the Kabadon happens and fucking Slash is like, don't do like, you know, the, the sharp pointy teeth drawing happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't doubt yourself. Like, I need you. I need you to do this. I can't, I can't do this without you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, we're one unit. It, this is, what's their team name? Slash and Burn. Slash and Burn. Slash and Burn is nothing without Burn. And then it's like, that burn moment happens and it's like they look into each other's eyes and we all know from there. But yeah. I love that. I love that. It's the slash is reliant on slash doesn't need burn to be anyone else. It's just, I can completely rely on you and count on you if you're doing burn. Yeah. I love it. Roll me a D six for a flaw. Mm. Four. I feel almost no emotion. Oh, when they're in the game, Oh, when they are, when, 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 when the shot is getting lined up. Yeah. That's why they need burn to like pull them back. Right. Because they, yeah. they get so in the, they get so into the sports space. Right. They get so yeah. into the, into the game. Into the zone. That like they could kill. 
Yeah. Like, they could kill real easily if they didn't have someone, if they didn't have someone strong enough to say, no, we don't do that. They could do it real easily. Oh, Jeff, I thought of the dynamic then. I, I, I figured out why they're a team because I'm, I'm seeing it now that if, uh, slash is, they are going into the zone. They enter a space that is just like purely focused and purely adrenaline fueled. I think that, I think burn teaches them to make it, it's, it becomes more of a, an act of expression, an act of art yeah. and physical cooperation and like almost like a dance. And it's like without, without putting emotion into this slash, like you'll never truly be a champion. Yeah. And that's why they become so successful. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Let's roll on some tables for burn. Fuck yeah. Roll me a D8. Okay. Four. I regale my friends with tales about famous knights and members of the royalty. We'll, we're going to have to do some, like, rearranging here to make it, like, sports team-based. No, no, it's they talk about sports legends. They're they're a sports nerd. They yeah. they know everything. Yeah, they're they're a scholar of the game. Yeah, and Burn, ooh, okay, and it, that also helps with why it's such a form of expression for Burn, because it's like, I, I read that there are, there are myths about those who used to play Glub Glub, and it was a beautiful, uh, f- almost art form, and the, the players were basically water dancing, and it was the most spectacular thing, and, ev- uh, and everywhere that Burn goes tries to, like, regale these tales and make it more of an art form than it is, like, this, you know, underwater sniping sport. That's good. All right, roll me a d6 for an ideal. Okay. Six. Um, I am proud of my team, its achievement, and militant orders. So I am proud. It's team spirit. As I think no matter where you see Burn is wearing, like, a Slash jersey. Yeah. and it, Or is wearing a Slash and Burn hat. And it's always, like, there's at least one piece of uh flair or gear that says Slash and Burn or Slash. Yeah. I love it. And I want to say that Burn wears Slash's high school number. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, there's a scene at the end of season two. Yes. Uh, Mr. Jeans has them on the ropes, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yes. Um, they're they're beaten down, right? A glub glub bullet, like, hits Slash really hard in the chest, right? Oh, no. Shatters their protective, like, chest. Their, they have, like, a, I imagine the ace has, like, a almost like football pads, like a protective yeah, yeah. chest thing. Shatters it. They go down. But in that moment, it is revealed. They've been wearing a burn jersey this whole time. <gasps> oh, he, that slash has been wearing Burns fucking number. Mm-hmm. They 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 didn't know that. Like everybody knows that Burn wears Slash's high school number, mm-hmm. but nobody knew that Slash wears Burns. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's cute. That's very cute. That's a cute, that's a cute moment. Roll me a D six for a bond. Two. My liege requ- retired from their quest to recover a holy relic. I will find it and prove my worth. That is perfect because they it's want, like they want to yeah. help. They want to help Slash right this wrong. Yeah, and take down the organization because I think Slash is like you know driven by fire, right? You know they're fired up about this, and Slash is gonna go do it. I'm gonna go kill Mr. Jeans. I'm gonna do it by myself. And Burn is like, I'll, I'll go with you. It's like Slash is fueled by idealism and by like we need to fix the game. The game is being is being corrupted. We need to fix that. And Burn doesn't – I think Burn doesn't have the same passion for, like, fixing the game. No. Because right? I think Burn, in in his mind, Burn is like, when I retire, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go have a life. It doesn't yeah. matter to me what the game is. It matters. You are the thing that matters to me. Yes. 
I'm into this. So this is more of like a typical like squire protecting uh, protecting his knight type deal. Mm-hmm. That it's like I'll I'll go with you to keep you safe and to yeah. keep you on track so that you don't fly off the handle and do something stupid. I th- I think he knows that if they um that if Slash were to kill even Mister Jeans, I think I think Burn knows that if Slash did it, that they would never forgive themselves. It's true. I love it. I love it that Good. if you that if that if Slash enters the zone, the Glub Glub zone, that without Burn's support, will become an assassin. Yeah. I fucking this is it actually turned out to be pretty good. This is good. Yep. Only like. D six for a flaw. No one's perfect. Three. I don't feel right unless I'm hauling four more different weapons and I'm eager to tell my comrades what they should be wielding. So he's like the team manager, right? Yeah, of course. I think I think in the early parts of the episode, he is like um the like the first shot of the episode is always him with a clipboard, like, well, we gotta be here at this day, we gotta make sure, and you get a whole thing of like, oh, burn. Yeah, is that cliche of like the the glasses anime character, you know, the mm-hmm. Magane, where it's like this is the organized one who plays by the rules and is trying to get the hot headed one in order. Yeah, and I love I love that that it's like an adorable an adorable halfling decked out in fucking sports gear who's like, all right, uh, so slash you have to be at the training camp by one p.m. So don't be don't sleep in tomorrow. This is real good. And that's that's a wrap. That's fucking a wrap on the adorable duo of Slash and Burn and their magical sport club club. Thank you fucking oint nilly, my god, for this prompt. What a good good prompt. That was a journey we went on and it was all thanks to your brilliantly honestly simple prompt. I love it. Thank you so much. That was really good. I, I was really great prompt. Great episode. Oh, God, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, there are so many cool ways you can, there's so many cool ways you can do it. There are. Um, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. You can use the hashtag fantasy children. You can post it to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com or you can post it to our discord link to which is pinned to our Twitter. Yes. Um, if you really like our show and you want to show us some financial support for the many things that it's needed for, uh, check out our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. There's lots of cool reward tiers and stuff like that and stuff if you're really interested in the show and you want to learn a little more, we got we got the goods for you. Yep. Uh, if you are super into Jeff, Jeff has another podcast that you can listen to. Yes, it is called Party of One. It is an actual play RPG podcast focused on two-player role-playing games. Uh, this week we played a game called The Legacy Weapon, which is a Dungeon World supplement about a weapon that sort of passes between hands of multiple people over generations and picks up some magical power from that. It's pretty cool. It's yeah, a neat if, supplement and a really great story. If you if you've never listened to Party of One, if you're just you know starting, I, I, that one is so fucking sick that like I would say go listen to that immediately. It's real it's, good. It turned out it would be a really good episode. Yeah. Um, a verbal hug this week. We forgot to I think last week. Uh, I think we did. So we'll just do one for you. The people in your life, the people that you love, tell them that you love them. Let let the people, you know, like the people that you appreciate, tell them that you appreciate them. And and I think like there's a there's a joy in that, right? Like there's a there's oh, a joy absolutely. in the moment. There's a joy in the moment where slash in the moments where slash and burn show the other that they care, right? Like there's a beauty yeah, in no, that moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's 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 a level of unfortunately emotional availability that is kind of like smushed down in at least American society, that is, it, it's pretty shitty. 
that people go entire lifetimes without telling someone how much they mean to them. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's lame. You sound like, you sound weird. Or it's like, oh, you're making me awkward. It's like, no, this is important. I think that people will appreciate that. And I think you'll appreciate, you'll, you'll appreciate how it feels. Like, you know, yeah, if somebody, no. if somebody, and it doesn't have to, it's not, not like, not doesn't have to be romantic. It can just be like, hey, I like, I like your hat. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you helping me out through this shitty week. I, I appreciate you playing PlayStation with me online and distracting me from a lot of poopy stuff that's going on. Just so you right. know, that means a lot to me that you give me your time. Yeah, your friendship means something to me, or like you, or like the uh, the I I respect the work that you do. It is it inspires me to do work of my own. Like yeah, yeah. I think to take some time to show the people in your life that you that that you appreciate them. I I really dig that. I think it's super important. Just another quick announcement before we go that we have a live show coming up on uh, July 22nd, yes. 4 p.m. The Kitchen Table Gallery in Philadelphia. We'll be doing... It's going to rule. Yeah, we're doing a live show. It's going to be really quite be cool. So if you're good. interested in one. that, just come on down. It's going to be awesome. Party of One has their episode that they're recording. Uh, that is July 15th at high noon at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Philadelphia. Yeah, so go to both of those. Fuck it. Yes. And we'll hang out and we'll talk afterward and shit. I don't care. Yeah, they're both part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, which is a whole collection of live podcasts happening in the city over the month of July. It's super cool. There's all sorts of stuff happening. Check it out. Oh, and my last thing is, if I get this up uh, quickly, which I should, um, Samuel Gord's birthday is coming up, our one-year anniversary, and we uh, would love for you guys to send in like any questions you may have about the show, uh, its creators, you know, anything that you want, because I kind of want to do a happy birthday episode. I think that'd be great. I'm yeah, that. so send them away. Tweet them, email them. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and this has been a – this one's been a lot of fun. This is a good episode. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for listening. Mm-hmm. And with that, until next time, good, good night and good, good game. game.